Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. It's estimated that more than 25 million people in the U.S. have asthma, a chronic condition that can cause the airways to narrow and make it difficult to breathe. Lorene Alba is one of our advocates on asthma.net, where she writes about her personal experiences with asthma and supports others in the community as a moderator. Can you tell me, when did you first begin experiencing symptoms? I began experiencing asthma symptoms really at 16 when I had a bout of bronchitis that felt like it never actually went away. Hmm. And I wasn't told I had asthma until I was in college, so I was in my 20s but wasn't officially diagnosed with correct diagnostic equipment until I was in my mid-40s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I was living with asthma, you know, really since I was 16, but not getting properly treated or the right medical care for the disease until I was in my 40s. That is a long time. So how did that affect you? It was crazy. You know, I was managing my disease like many people do in the emergency room. Mm. I didn't understand medications. I was buying over-the-counter primatine mist, you know, which is very short-acting. It only lasts for an hour or two. It's not even on the market anymore. And um, was constantly in the emergency room and not able to do very simple things like walk to my car in the parking lot or climb a, a flight of stairs. And I went to the emergency room and a very nice respiratory therapist said to me, you know, show me your medication because you're here a lot and how do you take it? And so I whipped out my Primatine Mist and he said, oh, this is a terrible medication. This is not what you need. You need something different. And he showed me the right inhalation technique because I didn't know how to inhale the medication. He gave me a spacer, which is a device you're supposed to use with an inhaler to help you get more medication into your lungs. And just that 15 minutes of education kept me out of the emergency room for the next few years. Wow. So, yeah, so my life was really impacted because, you know, and I'm older and, you know, when I was in um, high school, 16, 17, we didn't have the Internet. You know, the only way I had to figure out what was going on for me was my little town doctor, Um, who had a little office out of his house, who didn't tell me very much, right? Or the Encyclopedia Britannica. I remember those. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's so much easier now today to be able to find information about, you know, your disease and how to to understand it a little better, you know, certainly with sites like asthma.net. I mean, that would have been, having something like that when I was younger and first diagnosed would have been, you know, huge in managing my disease. So what would you tell someone who thinks that they may be having asthma symptoms? How, how should they go about getting the proper diagnosis? They should definitely go to their doctor. A lot of um, general practitioners are not really capable of managing a complicated disease like asthma. And you should ask for a referral if that's what you think is happening. The most important thing you need really is to get a spirometry test or some type of diagnostic test. The methacholine challenge is another one. 
you know, a doctor would never say you have diabetes without giving you a glucose test or checking your A1C, right? They would never prescribe high cholesterol medication without doing a blood test and finding out what your HDL and LDL levels are. Right. And yet I hear from patients every day because I'm a certified asthma educator. I deal with patients and people living with asthma. I hear it every day that, well, I was diagnosed with asthma, but I've never had a test. You know, the doctor listened to my lungs and said I had asthma. Hmm. And you can't tell that. I mean, listening to the lungs is certainly an important part. A patient history and, you know, finding out what the patient's symptoms are is really important. But you have to have a diagnostic test to actually show that you have a disease and what the severity of your asthma is to know what medication to put you on. Otherwise, it's just a guessing game. Hmm. So you mentioned that you're an asthma educator, but you weren't always. How did your experience with asthma change your career? Yeah, that's um, such an interesting question because I was originally in college. I majored in culinary arts. I owned a few restaurants. I worked as a chef for 10 years. I was doing a lot of volunteer work and decided I wanted to go into the world of nonprofits and interviewed for a position with the American Lung Association where I had mentioned that I had asthma. And it was a position to work in their tobacco cessation program. I did not get that position, but they called me a few days later and they said, hey, we have this asthma position open. You mentioned you have asthma. Would you like to take this position? And so I did. And within the first few months, I learned so much about asthma and realized that I knew nothing about my disease and how just a little bit of education like that respiratory therapist provided me in the emergency room could really change people's lives. Mm. And so I just made it my personal mission and professional mission to become a certified asthma educator. So nobody else would like, at least people that I help would not have to go through what I went through. That's wonderful. You know, each asthma inhaler has a different inhalation technique. And if you cannot inhale the medication correctly, it's like having a pill you can't swallow. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yes. Yes. So And every couple of years, um, the manufacturers come out with a new delivery device, a different type of looking inhaler. And, you know, the idea, I think, is to make it easier for people to use. Um, But studies have shown that we are not any better at using our medication than we were 50 years ago. But I've worked with a lot of people with asthma who cannot master a certain inhalation technique. And so they should be on a different medication, one that they can actually inhale correctly. You know, it's really hard if you have limited lung capacity or if you're in distress from having an asthma episode to try to, to, try to inhale your medication correctly. Mm-hmm. It can be really challenging. And how, how does having asthma make, like, everyday things more challenging? Because I was reading one of your articles on asthma.net about... Um, how, like, when you have a cold, it's even worse. Oh, yes. It's, um, yeah, so you know the minute you start having those early warning signs that a cold is coming on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, you know, like, immediately, I think people with asthma, because I talk to a lot of my friends and fellow advocates and patients, and we all sort of have the same feeling, like, oh, my gosh, 
this is the start of a cold. That means that cold is going to go straight into bronchitis and that bronchitis is going to bring on an asthma episode. You know, I'm going to end up in the emergency room. I'm going to be home from work for two weeks. So it, you know, it adds that kind of level of panic and, you know, just, we know that we're going to go through more than other people Mm. are going to go through. Um, You know, there's this concept of quote unquote healthy person sick, right? So when you're a healthy person and you get sick, you can get past a cold in three days, right? It has a limited effect on you or impact on you. Mm -hmm. When you have a chronic condition such as asthma, like I said, that's more than likely going to turn into bronchitis, which means a trip to the emergency room. So then you have more medication, you have more side effects. And one of the things that people don't really talk about with asthma is the time to recover. Mm. So you could end up with, you know, go the little bit of a cold that goes into the bronchitis, that goes into the asthma episode, and now you're on medication for six months to a year, you wow. know, to get that asthma episode or flare-up under control. Just from one so cold. Just from one, right. So, um, you know, and when it goes into your lungs like that, right, that's what people say, it goes directly into my lungs. You know, it's hard to climb stairs. It's hard to walk to your car in the parking lot. It's, um, you know, you are, you're down, right? Hmm. Healthy people sick. Again, you might be on the couch for three days, not feeling great. You know, an asthma person sick, you, you could be out of it for two to four weeks easily. Wow. I did not realize that. Yeah. So it's, um, it can be challenging for sure. So I'm thinking about now, I've, I have some friends who have asthma that's pretty significant, and now I'm thinking I, I need to be a little bit more aware of how I can help support them. Can you tell me a story about how someone in your life has helped support you when you're going through something like that? Oh, that is such a great um, point. I'm glad that you made that because, you know, we also talk about how asthma is this invisible disease. Mm -hmm. right? So someone can say to you, well, it's just a cold, right? I can get over a cold in three days where, like I said before, someone with asthma, it might take weeks. And, you know, even just those everyday things are really difficult. So I've had friends support me by, you know, um, sending me a meal kit so I don't have to cook, right? Or Mm -hmm. they, I have friends that might come over and walk my dog for me, so I don't have to do that. So just little things like that are just so important. You know, um, my employer letting me work from home, which I know I'm very lucky to have an employer that would let me do that. So, you know, let me work from home two or three days an hour, you know, two or three hours a day so I can get some work done, but still rest and relax and not have to go outside in the cold or make anybody else sick in the office or take an actual sick day. Mm-hmm. So that's really supportive and helpful. You know, friends might just even FaceTime or Skype with me just to see me and make sure, you know, there's some proof of life that I'm still alive and, <laughs> you know, that, that I'm doing okay and checking on me. So even those little small things, because I do live by myself, so it's nice to know that you have friends or family that check in on you and make sure that you're okay. And even when you are stubborn and say, I'm fine, I don't need anything, they show up at your door with a dog leash to walk your dog or, you know, they bring you some soup or something like that. So that's been really important. And I, 
try to return the favor and do the same thing for, for my friends who are having trouble. So what is one thing that having a chronic condition has taught you about yourself? Wow, that's a, um, that's a great question. I think it, um, I think it teaches you a couple of things, right? I think one thing is that it teaches you that things can be really hard. You know, like life can be really hard and sometimes you have to accept help when you don't want to accept help. You have to admit defeat sometimes. Um, you know, I wrote in one of my articles about an asthma episode where I knew I had to go to the emergency room and I was just so sick that I couldn't even bring myself to like get down the stairs and get in the car and go to the emergency room. And, you know, I kept debating all night, should I call 911 and have the ambulance come get me? Mm. So I think you learn that sometimes you make poor decisions. I mean, that was a poor decision. I should have gone to the emergency room much sooner, right? So sometimes you, you know what's going to happen. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want to go to the emergency room. You don't want to get admitted, right? So you can make some poor decisions about your health. And then... Also, you learn that you're pretty damn strong, that even mm -hmm. when you make those poor decisions and you put yourself through some things that maybe you shouldn't have or just an asthma episode on its own is bad enough, that you can get through it, right? I am strong enough to go to the emergency room by myself. I am strong enough to stand at the bottom of the stairs and know that climbing them might be a problem, but I'm going to try it anyway. You know, so you so you kind of learn to, um, you just learn how strong you are. And I think when you come out of these asthma episodes and these illnesses and you look back and you think, wow, how did I get through that? You know, I must be a lot stronger than I thought I was. Yeah. I was thinking this morning, it's a lot of chronic conditions have, I personally, I think they teach us about how, so not in control we are <laughs> because we think like we like to think that we can control our lives in so many ways right. and then you get a condition or live with a chronic condition like this and it's you realize how much you're not in control and I don't think any of us are really in control but right. yeah then it, it helps us come to terms with that I think yeah, I, I think that that's a very good point. And like my story about not calling 911 or going to the emergency room soon enough, you know, I hear that from people with asthma all the time. Well, I'll wait until the morning because I think I can control this on my own. Or I'm going to wait a few hours before I go and see if my medicine kicks in. Hmm. Well, your medicine hasn't kicked in for the last three days. It's not going to kick in within the next two hours. <laughs> You know, like it's really, it's time to go whenever you question if it's time to go to the emergency room, it's time to go. So um, you're right, we don't have control of these things. And especially with asthma, you know, the world is just this sort of landmine of triggers for us. And, you know, you could be just fine and then you end up in an elevator with someone who's wearing too much cologne or perfume and you have an asthma episode, and you're in the emergency room the next day. Oh, wow. So it's, it's really hard to kind of manage these things. You know, I travel a lot, and a lot of my kind of panic around my diseases 
what am I going to encounter on this trip, right? I have to get in the Uber, and Uber drivers love to have beautifully scented cars, right? They have 30 air fresheners in their car, (laughs) which is fabulous, except that I can't breathe. Like, I've had to open cars, the car door of of Ubers, and say, I'm sorry, I can't accept a ride with you because, you know, the, the perfume or air freshener smell in this car is way too much for me. You know, so getting to the airport's a problem. Am I going to be on the airplane and have to sit next to someone who's wearing a lot of hairspray? Or will my, um, you know, will the crew on the airplane be wearing a lot of perfume or cologne? You know, I was stuck on an airplane where somebody sat in front of me with a cat, and I'm highly allergic. Oh. And even though I paid extra to sit in the front of the plane, they told me that I had to move. <laughs> right? Because I was the one with the allergy problem and I ended up sitting in the last seat in the back of the plane on the aisle next to the bathroom where people bumped into me the whole time. Oh. Right? Trying to stay away from, from the cat that was going to trigger my asthma because I was going to be in the air for four hours with it. Wow. So, um, you know, I went to a, a hotel recently and every room in the hotel had those air freshener diffusers. And they pumped their signature scent through the HVAC system. Um, You know, so it's just things like that. Like, you know, you're just moving around every day. And like you said, you feel like you're in control of your life. And then you come up against something that you have no control over. And boom, you have an asthma episode. Yeah, you just have to be on guard kind of the whole time. All the time. And this is how asthma really affects people because they stop interacting with the world. Oh. Right? Like, oh, I I can't go camping because you're going to have a bonfire and that bonfire is going to, you know, trigger my asthma so I can't go. People tell me all the time they're really afraid to fly because they might get stuck in the airplane. And what happens if they have an asthma episode and their medication doesn't work or Someone on the plane, you know, sits next to them and they smell like cigarette smoke and it triggers their asthma. So all of these things are, are really scary for people with asthma, right? And so in an effort to not affect, you know, not have things impact their disease, they just stop interacting mm. and engaging with the world, which is not good. Yeah. And I would imagine that so the, the anxiety about these things would also not help with the symptoms exactly stress and anxiety are a huge asthma trigger as well and this is why I have found you know being an advocate with asthma.net has been so interesting and important because people who are not maybe engaging as much as they would like to outside of their home Mm -hmm. can engage online and can get that sort of support and share their stories with other people and I think it's not only important to share your story, but share some solutions of how you've kind of managed things. And that's one of the things I try to do when I write for the site is to really say, like, these are some things that have worked for me and have worked for other people. And you might want to try them because we also know that isolation really impacts chronic disease as well mm-hmm. and, you know, is not healthy for you either. Right. Yeah, we need that social support. Absolutely. Can you share a story about how being a part of asthma.net has made a difference for you? So 
I have um, written about a lot of really personal things, which, you know, when I do a lot of my education directly with patients, I don't talk about my personal asthma journey very much because I feel like it's about the patient I'm working with, mm-hmm. right? It's not about me. And just because something has worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else. So I try really hard to keep my own personal experience to myself. But being able to write for Asmanet and sharing the, those personal stories and how scared I was at times um, and having people comment on those articles and say, oh, I've learned something. Thank you. I'm going to go to my doctor this week and tell him this. and I'm going to show him this article and hopefully he's going to help me better than he has. Or I have been there too. Thank you. I'm, I feel like I'm not the only one. You know, I have what's called cough variant asthma, so my main symptom is coughing and not wheezing, and that often confuses emergency room doctors or um, people don't think that you're actually having an asthma episode because you're only coughing and you're not wheezing. So when I write about things like that and having the readers say, I have this too, or oh my gosh, I think this is what my daughter has. Thank you for, for sharing it. Um, it just means so much to me. It's so rewarding to know that, that, you know, you're helping people like that. And I've written about having my dog and people have responded and said things like, oh, you shouldn't have a dog regardless. And you're crazy. And I would never have a dog because of my asthma. And I really appreciate that too. I find that really like rewarding to hear other people's stories and, you know, to just be reminded that this disease is so different for everybody and there's not one correct way to manage it or, Mm -hmm. you know, like really, I think it helps me realize that everybody is the expert in their own life and their own care Mm -hmm. and having so many unique voices from asthma.net write and moderate, I think really is so helpful for the people who read and use the site. And I just find that so rewarding. Thank you so much for for giving me your time and sharing your story. Oh, Emily, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. To read Lorene's articles and join the conversation, visit asthma.net. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend or family member. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, or Spotify.